Dear listeners, this week, Evan and I watched Polar. Mads Mikkelsen has a tight ass. I, just, I mean, he I does. Just, I just wanted you to know because we see a lot of it in this film. And it holds up. To be fair, not enough. We'll get to that. <laughs> welcome to Bad Watch. <laughs> Indeed, welcome. from the theme music sweet now why did we watch polar which if you haven't heard of it which you probably haven't because it's very it's very bad and no one on rotten tomatoes likes it um it is a film a netflix exclusive film starring the one and only inimitable mads mickelson god i love that man uh, we're mad about mads here at bad watch can't help it he's amazing he's great in everything he does Except this. No, he's still great in this. That's the thing. He's still great in Polar. It's just the rest of the movie remains terrible. It fails to rise to his level. We'll get there. We'll get there. But um, why did we watch this? We watched this because I I decided to... To start it, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out. I love Mads. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. Can't help but be great. It's got Mads in it. Um, I was wrong, dear listener. I was wrong. And then I then I messaged Evan and said, "You need to engage in this. We're gonna do this one because it's so great." And by great, I mean terrible. It is neither great. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is great, but our bad watch least favorite actress makes another <laughs> starring turn in Polar with uh, Vanessa Hudgens is back, and I believe I texted Andy, whose dick is she sucking at Netflix that she keeps getting put in their in their God. movies? Because she's she's not a good actor. I don't think so. And it's, I don't, I don't want to, like, judge people, but it's just, like, I don't think she's that great. I mean, she's cute, but it's just, like, that doesn't, that's not enough. And, because there's so, there's so much talent out there. It's, it's honestly a little bit distressing. I don't think she's that great. Like, she's, Definitely not great. And her most believable acting work in this film was when she was passed out on heroin on a couch. That was supposed to definitely elicit a a response from us. And I was like, okay, so they just took photos of her without a bra. Okay. That was was generally my response to that. And they gave her like really heavy bags under her eyes. (sighs) Because heroin, y'all. Yeah, I guess guess that's the the only impact. The silent silent killer. (laughs) Also, she was really sweaty. (laughs) <laughs> which not not great honestly not a great look but polar Ugh. is the story of mads mickelson who i i keep wanting i just going to call him mads because i think in his really great. dumb name in the film duncan, duncan vizsla yeah and he but he the also black has kaiser yeah he has he already has a badass nickname as the mm. black kaiser mm-hmm. he's this hitman assassin person who is you know he's he's a badass because I just he's wanna, played by Mads. I just want to say his face has so much character built into it. Like he's he has aged so well. It's 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 stunning. It's it's he is not oh. a, a classically handsome man, but he is a handsome man mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. He has he has a unique look that I'm I'm very into. But smash plus cut, I like his butt. Wh- oh <laughs> and. 
if you're into Mads Mikkelsen's butt, if you're mad about Mads' butt, <laughs> Polar is the film for you. There's probably already on YouTube a supercut of all the <laughs> all the Mads Mikkelsen booty scenes in Polar. Because, you know, number one, this movie recognizes, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is hot. He's for, got it going he's on. A, he's got a silver fox thing going. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's not a monk, and he sleeps with multiple beautiful women. Yeah. He apparently has a thing for brunettes. Uh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. One of them's a prostitute, but the other one is trying to kill him, so. Femme fatale moment right there. It's good what stuff. was her name? Cindy S I N D Y O. We'll have to address Cindy. the whole assassination crew in a bit. Cindy, everyone. I like she's got her own issues and she's try like she's really she really tried to like play up like something and I just didn't care. Like she was like clearly she was like working out some stuff by by while murdering multiple people, but it was, it was really not like I was like okay. Out of all uh, of the, all of all of the assassins, we probably spend. She's one of the assassins we spend the most time with. Because they're like like she's got boobs. We she gotta has track boobs that. and a butt, and yeah. apparently that's all Mads. The needs. camera the camera loves it. Mads is an older man, but that's all he needs to get it up, baby. <laughs> but smash cut. We open to a, a rural scene in Chile. Oh, this is where... amazing. This is so. This is. I just do want to preface this. This film, Evan and I both like discuss this as we were watching, and this film has like g- genuine gold nuggets hidden. Uh, there, there are diamonds in the rough. That's the... <laughs> yeah, it's. I believe I texted Andy. I was like, "What makes this so frustrating is that there's a good movie buried somewhere in all of this shit." And really, there is because there are there are genuine, excellent moments, really funny stuff that happens. But parts of it are like really narratively surprising in mm-hmm. a satisfying way. Yes, yes. It, it it does feel. I said this earlier to Andy. It feels like someone wrote the script and they're like, "This is Mads Mikkelsen's John Wick franchise." And, and it, there's a nod. There's several nods to it. There John are, Wick. There and are several allusions to John Wick, which I haven't even seen, and I caught them. So there are probably even more that I'm yep. unaware of. But it's on um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The little blurb there. It has a 26% rotten rating, but it's one of the funniest things I've seen on their site. Uh, an action thriller starring Mads Mikkelsen as the world's most dangerous assassin should be terrifically entertaining, but Polar proves it's possible to ruin anything if you try. <laughs> and you gotta have goals, people. You gotta, gotta have, goals. have goals. Just lower the bar. It's, just, it's limbo, baby. And uh, But smash cut. Chile. We're zooming in a helicopter over these foresty mountains, and who do we find lounging poolside oh, at a such mansion? Such a strong start. Is Johnny Knoxville of Jackass fame, and honestly, I would love to, if this was, if this is the rest of his career, I would love that yeah. so much. Johnny fucking crazy cameos Knoxville. That's what he should be named I now. just want him to always be the retiring assassin who gets killed at the beginning of assassin films because he does oh, it man. so well. Oh, it's so, so much he's, fun. He's poolside and he's. He's doing drugs. He says, "Oh, I'm going to get started with retirement, baby." And, and there's a, there's a very attractive woman who we come to find out is the notorious Cindy that we met. Cindy. Uh, and in case you forgot, her name is spelled S I N D Y, which I'm still mad about. <sighs> and I watched this movie a few days ago. Oh. But then, then, the, so he and Cindy are, are flirting, and uh, they're going to do it on a pool chair, which honestly seems like unwise. 
a man of his age, he's but still... also even if you're in really good shape, it's like the center of gravity feels like it would be. Yeah. If this, <laughs> and then it's a pool chair. So if this boat's a rocking, someone's knees, <laughs> someone's knee slips through those slats, and then everyone's got to just fix things. But, it's terrible. So there's a, we cut away, and someone is watching them through a sniper scope. Yeah. And it's a, one of the other assassins that Cindy pals around with. And then, um, and then we cut to two other assassins. There are like two... there, there are four people. It's a four-person hit squad, and it's like they are like ready to go and, and like mix up the the sight lines. And like I was like, this is insane to begin with. People are just running in from all over, and there's a sniper shooting from. I was like, this is crazy. It's bizarre. It's bonkers from the get-go. And what was really annoying was like cindy has kind of a personality but almost all of the other assassins she hangs out with are completely interchangeable but they all are supposed to be so unique like one guy his only character trait is beard and red hair yeah another guy but he's the he's almost the most memorable he doesn't have a fantastic (laughs) set of tits like cindy does (laughs) but he is almost the most memorable he is and i think that's largely because he has like zero single digit number of lines yeah, he just he's like he's in the background the and has time. red hair, so yeah. he sort of stands out. Like there's yeah. the big guy sniper. What's his name? Facundo. I don't even know. Facundo. Like I watched this three days ago. I don't even know. I don't even know. Facundo. He's like a really big, beefy guy, sort of like a budget Jason Momoa. And he's also whiny. He's very whiny. He's very cranky all the time. And yeah. then there's Hilda. Who is very slender and Asian? Oh, she and does. She has crazy makeup. She Every, has like, weird makeup. Like she's an assassin who spends like two hours doing makeup before a kill. I was just like, yeah, this is absurd. The, I, I was why. immediately, I was immediately annoyed too because uh, Johnny Knoxville and Cindy are doing their thing on the pool chair, and as we were meeting these assassins, they each get their own like bonkers title card where you see their yeah. name in like crazy graffiti font. And I'm like, they really liked that transition sort of font thing, uh, and it really just got grating. It really got old, and I think they probably did that because Polar is apparently based on a graphic novel, and yes. this was sort of a nod to that. It felt like to me, I've not read that graphic novel. Yeah, me neither. But it felt like a very graphic novel sort of like splash page. Yeah. And it, I started I started googling googling this thing, so I was like, "This is craziness. I don't I don't like this." And so then I was like, "Oh, you know, mid movie because I'm so bored with this." Us checking it out, I was like, "Oh, this is a graphic novel. This sort of makes the the fantasticalness sort of makes a lot more sense." I still dislike it though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the graphic novel, the source material is probably superior. But these these assassins run in, and uh, Cindy says to John, like they're communicating with her via earpiece, and she's and she's like okay, and she says to Johnny Knoxville, "It's blow time, baby," Ugh. and she uh, goes they down on such him. Terrible lines. And, <laughs> and this is they thought this line was so good they use it later in the movie oh, as well. They do. But she he's still in the pool chair, and she goes down on him, and then he is shot by Facundo. And then all the four other assassins, all the seven dwarves, run in, <laughs> and they they kill him. Eventually, it takes an awfully he long gets time. He shot a bunch. Yeah, and honestly, like I would love it if he just like appeared at the end of the movie. He's like, "I'm not dead yet, motherfuckers!" <laughs> like that would have been. I would have loved this movie. Well, if no, that no, we knew he was dead because he had t- he had popped a Viagra. His dick was real hard. They That's killed right. him, and then the ending. I forgot about the reason the we Viagra. know he was dead because. The dick went down. Honestly, so the <laughs> man, the man does a line of coke, takes Viagra, and he's supposed to be 50 years old, which Johnny Knoxville's probably about that age. I think so, yeah. Um, 
And like they could have just waited for him to have a heart attack because that's a lot of stuff <laughs> happening in one bloodstream. That's a, of, that's a lot of uppers combined with di- vasodilators, right? So it's just like shit's flying around. Yeah, his, his blood vessels are wide open. Um, but so I don't know. They kill. They spend a lot of bullets on a man who is probably about to have a heart attack. Is what I'm getting at. And oh, then they man. they call their boss who is like. Dayglow Philip Seymour Hoffman. God, I hate this thing. Like, I, like when they show this, I, I meet my immediate reaction was like, this is a cartoon, which makes sense because it's, it's based a graphic novel. Yeah, but like, comics. it's this guy, and they like they the sound editing for this was just obnoxious. Like, I'm like I'm trying to be like cringy, gross, because yeah. like he's like he's like like. <laughs> There's like at least four or five shots where they have him squeezing lotion onto his hands and then like multiple really times really focused on it. It's and so it, gross and, this, and pointless. The squelching noises yes. of oh. his lotions are, are terrible. Like I get it. We're not supposed to like him, but this is just like this is like like childish gross out stuff. It's really yeah. annoying. And it was unclear to me if he was supposed to be have a German accent, have a British accent, have no accent. Because apparently, we learn later, he's just been hanging out in Detroit. But he has a very worldly air about him. Uh, but they call him and they're like, it's done. He's like, wunderbar. And, <laughs> and they... Um, yeah, it's fun to they, they leave. And then, so you, you learn that... Um, Johnny Knoxville and these other assassins who killed him are all part of the same organization, which Dayglow PSH is trying to sell. And in order to make the company more valuable, he's killing off all the people right. who are retiring so he doesn't have to pay their pensions. Right. So really, this is this movie's all about corporate greed and, and the problems that lie therein. <laughs> and really, retirement planning. It's mm-hmm. the, that's the yeah. Um... You need a better four hundred one k setup because the issue is that. At, there's a, I guess, a, in the fine print for every assassin, if you die before, you know, before all your funds, your pension, and etc. is paid out, all that money reverts to the company, which is like who 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 signs that up? Like that's yeah. you know, I feel like I feel like someone like you know, I, I don't know what what organization in the U.S. would get involved in that, but someone has to say like that's BS, like that that wouldn't fly in the courts. Yeah, it's pretty bogus. It encourages we, you to murder your employees after they retire. It, really, it, it absolutely does. And um, you know what? For an assassin organization, though, there might not be a lot of legal oversight happening there. You know, maybe so, OSHA know. OSHA has not been around OSHA, the work site. You know, I bet they didn't contact OSHA to look over those documents. But so we cut to Mads Mikkelsen, who's in a nameless gray place, talking to his accountant. We learn right. it's like. Two weeks before his fiftieth birthday, which is the deadline Mandatory for him to retirement. die and still receive. If he, he dies before that date, the company keeps the money. If he lives past his fiftieth birthday, he gets the money. So they're working on this debt, this two week clock. Right. Um, he also goes to the doctor. And <laughs> like um, I don't know why he lies. Like it's, it's like, he, like even assassins are afraid of their doctors. Like he, I was like, he gets a <laughs> prostate exam, which is the first of the Mads Mikkelsen butt shots. And that was just like it was. And the guy was cracking jokes, and then offered him pie at the end of that, which was I mean, Mads is like down for anything. And Mads says, "Yes, of course I would love some, <laughs> some pie. pie." And the doctor's like, "You just suck your whole hand up my <laughs> my human asshole." And yes, I would love so, a piece so of pie. So that was another moment. Like enjoy Johnny Knoxville. 
was insane. <laughs> the whole fight part around, but I enjoyed the idea of Johnny Knoxville being there. Um, then the doctor scene was just wonky and silly, and I enjoyed that because it was he was like. Mm, this postulation, like the yeah. doctor's doing his own That's horn. the kind of thing where if the movie had leaned more into that sort of stuff, it would have been so much better. I think so. But other times it takes itself so fucking seriously. It really does. And it's brutal. But then uh, Mads gets, after he visits his accountant and Dr. Becker, Dr. Pecker, um, <laughs> they, he goes and had, like, he gets a call from one of the other associates with the Assassin's Union. The lady with the red lips. Uh, Vivian, mm-hmm. woman of many wigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, so they just try to give like these people they, these crazy rather than personas. Write these characters, they just try to give them personality through costumes. Yeah, it's kind of like they're, they're like, we don't have a good writer, and we know that. We acknowledge it. And so let's just, we, we know our costume department is top notch, so we're going to rock it out. And it's a frustrating too because at this point i knew that it was based on a graphic novel and i was still like these visuals like they're interesting but they're not like keeping me engaged in the movie like they look unique but they're not like really striking in any way they're just sort of like well because because everyone is like exploding out everyone is day glow and in bold yeah bold font it just means (laughs) it means everyone like like, that's why that's why red beard dude who wears a tracksuit is like stands out because he's because he's so tame compared to everyone else wearing their garbage and his other trait is that he's in a relationship with junkie jane (laughs) that is i'm not giving her that nickname that's her name in the film (laughs) it's junkie jane (laughs) but anyway we digress so a Vivian woman of many wigs calls uh, Mad About Mads and they go have a casual hitman lunch date where she gives him like a final job. Or She's something. like, yeah, this is your last job. You got to is... do it. And he's like, I don't want to. He's like, I'm, it's two weeks before I'm retirement. I don't want to do it. And she's like, you have to. You're still with. So like, she's like, wait, I'll give you two million for it. Yeah. Like, she she ups like... her price. And it's like the, the, the company's very sensitive to monetary yeah. <laughs> amounts right now. And the guy's like, all right. The, the boss man is like, all right, I'll release that funds to get him to go to that. Because and it turns out that's an ambush. Yeah. So Mads, he does. They leave the lunch date. He hasn't agreed to take the job yet. He, spoiler, he eventually does. He, but he. But the Black Kaiser takes it on his own terms. The Black Kaiser does everything on his own terms. So what he, he. <laughs> Including he, retirement. Which is, this is sort of, this is sort of a major plot hole in the film, but he takes all the information for the person he's supposed to kill without actually accepting the gig. That was weird. So he shows up in Belarus. Visits his prostitute lady friend, which like he like they <laughs> had a, a long-standing prostitute a relationship. Long sex scene, which is then interrupted by her like five-year-old son walking in on them, and, and then and then <laughs> so okay, so wait, so so he so wait, I never, I didn't really grasp this. The so he stays for two nights. The first night he has her at her her home, mm-hmm. and then he takes. Okay, that's what's going on. So then the yeah. next night he books a hotel room in the place where the target is. Yeah, it's like the 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 luxury hotel in wherever the city is in okay. in Belarus. And um, so they're there, and he and, her, and her, she brings her son. She son brings along her young again. child who has already seen his prostitute mother having sex with a strange man in his house. And has a nightmare, and his mother has to go comfort him. No, she he heard the train. He, he heard the train. That's right. He right. had a real nightmare of living next to a train. 
<laughs> but there, so the next night, Mads Mickelson, he's he's got a mil, two mil coming, so he puts him up in a swank hotel. He walks in posing as like a handyman. Yeah, because he, he does. Has, it, I, I like that. He actually, ha- yeah, smooth. He he does all this planning on his own, and he has the prostitute lady who also never gets a name, which is not great. But she calls the front desk and says, you know, our lock is jammed. You need to send someone up. Yeah, and so they, he's using the prostitute for more than he's for, he's screwing her more than one way. Prostitute, it's like a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> and uh, and so he he has he like rents the room next to the Target, and then and then yeah, like they're as on a the handyman. same floor as yeah. the Target. So he's banging on the drilling the, it out, being really loud. The fake locked door. Meanwhile, the. The, like and this was like blatantly racist. Like the Mexican hitmen down the hall, yeah. who are there, who are like the, they're the alleged targets that Mads is supposed to kill, but they are there to kill Mads when he they've shows got, up. They've got a photo of Mads, yeah. so they know what they and know what the all, black guys looks like. like. Hookers everywhere. They're all topless. The one, the lead Mexican is like really fat and rude and gross. Yeah, and it, the whole thing is like really poorly done just it's in really poor taste and it's like these guys like so apparently in in my mind i was just like okay so these guys hired these bunch of unprofessional assholes to take out the best assassin they have ever had who lived who who killed a bunch of people (laughs) lived to age 50 and they're trying to kill and they they send like these schmucks after him that's that's what you later learn is like well those mexican idiots we hired it's like okay guys you really should have just hired some white guys (laughs) like i I don't i don't (laughs) Like, they, let's be racist about it. Hire, uh, hire like, better help. It's like they I don't know. really wanted it to be racist to make the company look bad, but it just makes the film as a whole look really racist. It was just stupid. It was really bad. It's like, okay, we acknowledge he's the best assassin. Let's send a bunch yes. of schm- schmucks who do blow and, and have prostitutes around with them. They'll be able to handle it, no problem. And yeah, for sure. Mads They've just got murders this. the hell out of so everyone. So when the, the main target walks out of his room, he's like, Because he's furious. Hey. He, he goes out alone. He and goes no out one... alone in a bathrobe. Yep. which I think is just open. He's parting the kimono yep. big, excuse me, big time. <laughs> and he walks out and he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing making all this noise? And the concierge is still there. He's like this wimpy, mustachioed man. He's like, I'm sorry, sir. I actually enjoyed that, his role in this. I really did like that very he watched the, the whole murder. So what happened is is, is the guy runs up to, to Mads as handyman Mads, and Mads is like, I apologize, I need to work on this. And then... He takes out his, like, nail gun, right? His... Yeah, his nail gun, and he he just grabs his hand, pins it to the wall, does it again to the other other he wall. Basically then he basically crucifies this shitty he, gangster. He doesn't do his feet; he does his nuts. That's a different. That's a different level of, <laughs> of crucifixion. Again, if this movie was just a supercut of Mads Mikkelsen's ass and the, all the oh. violent death scenes, it would be an amazing. 45 minute episode of TV. Now he had the drill. Did he did he drill his brain out or did he shoot him? I he think he drilled started him. drilling into the gangster's head asking him who hired right. the gangster to kill Mads and Cause the he, gangster cause doesn't he, talk. He pins the gangster to the wall. All the gangster's associates try and fight Mads. Mads kills them all successfully. Yeah. Meanwhile uh, the concierge looks by yeah, no, no, he, you know, the concierge hides, like, uh, just, like, around a tiny corner, and he's, because Mads is like, J- just go, just look away, and, like, the guy just hides in the corner. It was a very human moment. I really enjoyed it that. Was, it was hysterical. He was like, I don't, Just I don't, watching that guy's face. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> but he kills all the other, the lieutenant gangsters, and he starts torturing the main guy by starting to drill a hole in his head, yep. like, saying, who sent you? And, um, so then... 
he take when he after he kills the gangster, he shoots him in the head, takes a photo on his burner phone, yeah. calls up Vivian in a new wig in like a dance club, like having her titties licked by a stripper yeah. or something. It yeah. was really weird. They're, they're trying- There's just it's like they had a huge stripper budget and they're like, Well rather than hire extras <laughs> Do you guys? Do you ladies want to do a film? Let's get. <laughs> let's just get one of those dollar guns, and yeah. we can just we can just go to town, guys. It's there is so many topless women in this movie, and it's not even like arousing. It's just like another topless woman. Wow. Yeah, okay. it, it just it felt just it's cheap. I didn't it's like really it. gross. Um, but Vivian, uh, she's having a great time. She's having a great time at the strip club when Mads, Mads calls her. He's like, "I'll take the job. Wire over the first million. and she goes, "Great, awesome." And he he hangs up, takes the SIM card out of his phone, puts it in a new one, calls her back. He's like, the job is done. I'll send you a photo. Send me the second million. She's yeah. like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> because <laughs> just, he's supposed like, to not survive this right. job. I was like, Mads is a badass. This is, this is cool. Yeah, and I, it, liked, I enjoyed that moment. Yes. It was, Again, it was another, really fun. Another fun moment. It was like, okay, he's turning stuff and around. And he gets the, the, the monies and flees Well, he to... flees. He takes the prostitute and her kid and walks oh, out. Yeah, and and she the, slaps the shit out of him, The prostitute awesome. rightfully is pissed that not only... Did he have them in a hotel where he knew there were murderous gangsters, but also where he was planning on murdering a bunch of people right down the Again, hall another, to where they were staying? Another cool moment. Like, it was just like it, she slapped him and it was just like, and It's oh, like, I yeah, love she this. has a great point, Mads. Like, maybe you <laughs> should rethink dick. your life. God damn. So she leaves, the little boy waves goodbye, which was actually, like, pretty touching. Because, <laughs> like, apparently Mads has been in this kid's life long enough that he sort of recognizes him, <laughs> yeah. which was also just sad. Yes. Like, but again, like again, <laughs> again, continued like nuggets. That yeah, that are there are cool. these little buried moments, and then you cut back to Dayglow PSH. <laughs> he's like, lotion, please. Oh god, yeah. He just squishes and it, then, and the squelchy noises commence. Uh, and then he and the Asian assassin lady Hilda, they're having a thing. And he's like slapping her booty on his desk because she's always in a leather cat suit. God, yes. <laughs> Lest we forget. Cat, cat suit and heavy eye makeup. Heavy eye makeup and leather cat suit. Um, but then Mads, uh, having completed his last gig, he goes to his property in Triple Oak, Montana, where we also learned earlier when he was talking with his accountant that every year he has been sending a $200,000 donation. A gi- he's a giving man. We have also seen at this point maybe one or two instances of of his of these flashbacks that Mads has where he's shooting up a car and there's a bloody woman inside and Mads is at his new home in Triple Oak, Montana, or I guess his old home. The assassins go and torture the accountant Mads was talking with earlier. Well first first he meets his his attractive uh, Vanessa Hudgens literally plays the girl next door in this yes. film. Yes, <laughs> quite literally, and she's super jumpy. Every interaction we see with her, she's really jumpy. We don't know why. Even her friend. Well, we do find out why. <laughs> we learn later why she jumps with like anytime someone opens a door or slams a car door. There's a bang. There's a noise. There's a, any someone drops um, a spoon. <laughs> but but so so Mads sees this very attractive young lady who's living right across the lake and from him. And like so much in, else in Vanessa Hudgens' life, she proves wildly inadequate at chopping firewood. And so I guess in the yeah, middle... Yeah, that was hilariously in awful. The, <laughs> in the middle of the night, 
I guess, he goes over and chops all of her firewood for her. She goes into town during the day, and then, and then right. he walks over, and then she's like... Ch- then and she's then like she goes super to suspic- investigate who yeah. chopped her firewood. Really freaking like- suspicious. <laughs> like, some some monster out there is chopping wood, and they need to... Oh, they need to fess up. It was mm. it was wild, but... Um, <laughs> but she's like going to... This is a quiet town, so she's talking to the, the town gossip slash store owner slash general store person, whatever, and, and she's mm-hmm. like, and just who, who might have chopped... My wood, and then Mads walks into the same grocery store, and she's like, "She's like, have you seen?" <laughs> the store owner's like, "Have have you seen any mystery wood choppers out there?" Like, <laughs> and Mads, in his gloriously beautiful accent, says, "No." <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's in the store buying a Betty Crocker cake mix, and the store owner, like after Vanessa Hudgens leaves, the store owner is like. Oh, are you having a party? We've got oh, all sorts of party supplies. And at this point, you know the assassins are trying to track down Mads. And I, there's a, it cuts to him in his apartment with an inflated balloon. And I was really hoping this would go in like a Home Alone direction where he fights <laughs> off the other shitty assassins oh, with party supplies. Think about that. That would have been amazing. I wanted that to happen so badly. <laughs> just like, just embrace the humor of the situation. Oh, that could yeah, have been so funny. At this funny. point, the assassins, they go torture Mads' accountant. They figure out all the places where he owns property. They go to them one by one and kill the people there. And it's it's, it's so very gory, and, and all of it could have been cut from the film, and you wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah. All, all but, we know is like the assassins are assassins, and they kill people. Yeah. Also, they're idiots, but that's they're like the main wildly dumb. And yeah, and Cindy's Cindy's like Sydney sexually uh, frustrated and has daddy sh- like like it's just dumb. Like it's like Cindy you is gave damaged, this character... but also highly sexualized. Uh, it's it's very so gross. Bad. But while in Montana. Mads adopts maybe the film's okay. greatest character. This is this is amazing. Every, <laughs> dear listener, this is one of those nuggets we spoke of. So this is maybe I the think, greatest and biggest nugget. I think this is my this is my favorite moment in the film. Really, easily the best moment. In it's the a film giant as well. fuck you to John Wick and all of like because it's now a trope, right? It's yeah. Like like yeah. Uh, like action heroes need to have a dog, right? Action heroes need to have a dog, and that dog needs to die. Yeah. In some fashion, so, according to the law set down by John Wick. Because John Wick was, was passed a ton down of fun. generation to generation, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from from father so, to father to father. So after Matt. Buys his well, so cake he is, mix. Yeah. He's walking by yeah. a pet store, mm-hmm. and outside there's like a stoner, burnout college kid. He's like, "Hey man, this dog. You want to adopt him? It's only fifty bucks." So Mads, being adorable, like buys a buys the dog, buys dog a whole food, bunch of kids, and also a book like caring for your new dog. God, it's so great. And because he's an assassin who has. PTSD issues. for sure. PTSD, absolutely. Because he's having nightmares every he, time he goes to sleep. He has nightmares he, about this. He this falls this asleep watching the TV, and God. he's having one of those flashbacks I described earlier. Him shooting up the car. There's lots of blood everywhere, and he wakes up and shoots the dog. It is so. Funny. It was so like it, like obviously we don't condone violence against animals, but it was legitimately hilarious because it was so unexpected and so bananas. Oh, so and good. the look on Mads's face, he goes, "Oh, it's just like he's just it's like, like shit. he's like, damn it, I shot my own dog." <laughs> and then there's an amazing moment later. I don't remember exactly when it is, but he's talking to someone. He's like, <laughs> he "It's so like funny. very casually." I used to have a dog. 
<laughs> for like 16 hours. <laughs> for less than a day, you had a dog whose name was Rusty. Was so Rusty, funny. may you live forever so in our hearts. He, so he shoots the dog, and then the next scene is him, him like burying it. Like it's buried. In like and he's, throwing and out he the throws, dog. Yeah, all the, <laughs> all the dog stuff he bought yesterday is now in the garbage. It is... Oh, it's so delightful. It is such a hilarious fuck you to John Wick, but it also, like, I felt like Mads' character really earned that moment because by this point, you know, he's like sort of a fucked up guy, but he's trying to, like, adjust to civilian so life. Funny. I love and he that. just ends up shooting his own dog, <laughs> which is the least, the, the thing that I would expect to laugh least at, but ended up being the greatest moment in oh, this movie. I really like that moment. It was great. But uh, then, you know, the assassins, they track down so they go they go through like four of the locations that he's got and they murder the people there and then then the assassins who are all dumbasses become financial accountant wizards and like figure out that he's been sending this money to this one place and that means he lives there which i mean doesn't really since he spread his money out already like it, it doesn't really follow but all right like um, I said, they could have skipped out all this bullshit with the assassins and the movie would have been shorter and better. Yeah. So, But there is one moment that I loved where at one point the assassins like were at the last property and he's not here. And they just like shot this morbidly obese man like a thousand times. Yeah, they all had assault <laughs> weapons and fired forever into yeah. this body. Cause at, like, so they, killed, they shot him a couple times, this morbidly obese dude. Shot yes. him a couple times. He farted because that's what that's what you got to do in this film, I guess. <laughs> he farts and they're all like mad at him. And then he gets, he doesn't get up because he can't leave his seat, but he's like starts moving again. And so and then they just... I'll sit there and unload, and I was like, guys, there's, like, like police? Like, what is... Like, no one... Yeah. There's not, there's not mention of, like, this ridiculous killing spree of, like, all these people dying horrifically. Like... In a, uh, in a literal uh, hailstorm of bullets. Yeah. So, but at this point, Facundo calls Vivian, woman of many wigs again, and she's dressed for racquetball and on a racquetball court. And she beat... She killed someone there. She, well, it's amazing beat. because they're talking about how Mads isn't at this property... And, and then she hangs up the call and the camera zooms out and you see this man who's been mortally wounded on the racquetball court and she's like, clean yourself up. And yeah. she just like walks out and it's amazing. Like, I wish there'd been more stuff like that and less of the assassin pal group. But they kept they kept swinging back to that. I don't know why, if they thought that was cooler. Again, it could have been following the novel, which, I mean, really that's a mistake. Uh, but, yeah, whoever adapted the graphic novel, uh, not great. They needed not to great. offload some of the, the detritus. Yeah. Meanwhile, as Stephen Colbert likes to say, uh, Mads Mikkelsen and Vanessa Hudgens are having some of the most awful coffee dates I have ever seen. Oh, God, they're on bad. On film or in real life. Uh, they have uh. the most wooden conversation. And she... Uh, this place. This place calms me calms me too yeah like i just calls hate, me I hate too you. and then vanessa hudgens is like i'll have a winter coffee which is just coffee with a bunch of jack daniels yeah. in it <laughs> <laughs> and mads mickelson's like i had not heard of winter coffee <laughs> but and um, the trucker sits down between them and she spills her winter coffee and it's just yeah. like okay we get it. like you're damaged good it's just like him and that's why you're gonna fall in love but that's i mean that's not what happens but it's just like ah. Yep, yep, all of that. And <sighs> there's there's size. Size. So then Mads Mickelson buys Vanessa Hudgens a present. 
because that's what you do as a civilian. He's trying to figure it out. And he buys her They don't have Tinder for assassins, so he's just making do with damaged goods nearby. He buys her a handgun, and he tries to give her shooting lessons and very clearly has a panic attack. Well, hold on, because the reason he is... he, He gets her the gun... After the school lesson, which is the best thing. Is in that the world. afterwards? That's after because he's, okay. he's a teacher now, remember? That's <laughs> right. Oh, God. Okay. Because at some point, because they've had two coffee dates, now they're best friends. And I don't. And she's it's, it's now a pillar of the community. Like, and I don't she, even think Vanessa works at this school. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get the situation because now she's. But now she's a pillar of the community yeah. and can and can and suggest <laughs> people to to present to children. Yes, because because she's like you know asks him about his life and, and he he's ta- like he speaks like eight languages. Yeah. He's been to like 133 countries or something. He's yeah. a really interesting guy, Matt yeah. Nicholson and this character Duncan Vizsla. And they're in Montana, <laughs> so she's like, you should talk to the kids. You because should go talk to. We live in a shithole, and you should you should explain to them that the world is wider. Yeah, and he's like, and, and he tells her that he's in the funeral business, which I yeah, did enjoy. He, that was that was hysterical. <laughs> and then uh, it turns out like she doesn't even work at the school, has no connection to it, because she's like some freelance wildlife photographer. Yeah, and she's like, so so she's like, I can get you into the school, and then she doesn't she doesn't go she, with. So Mads, we see. Vanessa Hudgens sitting on the swing, the really depressing so swing weird. set outside so of the elementary school. While Mads is doing and a presentation. And then we go inside and we see Mads Mickelson doing a weapons presentation to a group of children. It's the best thing ever. And it's very close second to shooting the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I said to Andy, I was like, I could watch Mads Mickelson talk to a group of small children about anything, I I, anytime. I can't remember the name of the blade. I think it was a, a Kokura type Kukura blade. or it's something, the, yeah. It's the blade that's like slightly angled off of when you hold it on the handle. Yes. And so he's like... <laughs> He's like he demonstrates how you would kill a child with it because a child wants to know. And the kids are like, I can, I can. He he demonstrates his game. He's ready for anything. He He shows them how he would kill like a small six year old boy. And the teacher's like staring awkwardly, and it's like, why are you not advocating for the health of your children? And then he's like, here, pass it around. Yeah, what? What? It's so ridiculous. Oh my god, so so funny. And then he goes out to Vanessa Hudgens, who's all emo on the swing set and oh, he's like super emo I think it went pretty well <laughs> the kids the kids like the knife <laughs> it's so funny and she just nods like of course they did like <laughs> it's so bizarre but uh, the the and assassin just, I just want more moments like that in this oh, film it would have been such so good because there's just then they switch back to these other characters who yeah. I have no interest in I and, don't care like, about honestly they could have just this could have been a 90 minute movie that I enjoyed way way more It's uh, really unfortunate, but the assassins are in Montana. They see Mads buying a, excuse me, a new gift for Vanessa. What was the second gift? I don't even remember. A spatula? No, it did not. It did not. I don't recall. It did not trigger. Like it. Yeah. That that bit. Those bits. The interaction between him and Vanessa Hudgens. I mean, Vanessa Hudgens is just. She's. I mean. She is an attractive lady, but in this movie, as Andy pointed out, she's not even that cute. She looks like a really, like, you know how Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes used to look before he got old and, like, drank a shit ton? I do not. Andy doesn't, uh, Andy, this is like, I do not. This falls into the Alex Mack category of (laughs) pop culture references Andy doesn't know. But Google, go Google and look up young Connor Oberst, and that's basically the look Vanessa Hudgens had in (sighs) this whole movie. Which I just don't know if she's really like a her good. Thing. I don't know if she's like a good actress. No, she's bad. 
She's very bad. <sighs> Anyone who has seen any high school musical film can agree with me. I mean, this. we did watch Princess Switch, so... It, and we know... That even she should never be given two roles in a movie, let alone one major role. Oh my so, God. Oh my God. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens, what is what is going on there? But um, I mean, I'm glad she's getting work. I guess. I guess <laughs> sucking Netflix's dick or something. But uh, so they're 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 pals, and then Mads Mikkelsen is driving back to his place in Triple Oak, and who does he see pulled over on the side of the road? But. S I N D Y, another, whose car has broken down, outfit. wearing this, wearing skin tight clothes that cannot be warm at all. Yeah, like skin tight leather. I think she, I think it was like it, in, with a pattern of the American flag like, on it. Like, I remember thinking she looks like a slutty Power Ranger. Like it's really gross. That's actually, I mean, a Power. <laughs> I mean, Power Rangers generally tend to stick to one color. I think she was literally was, wearing the American flag. It, there was a rainbow was motif so going. Absurd. Yeah, and a cowboy hat too. I think. Yeah, it's just like I don't. I don't get it. It none of it really adds up, but could be part of the her, novel. But still, her phone not died, great. and Mads Mickelson doesn't have a cell phone she can borrow. So right. she asks if he can give her a lift back to his house. She gives a fake phone call to the tow company, who says they can't get to her until ten a.m. the next day. And then she says, "I never have sex with someone." Older yeah, than my so father. he says. Uh, you can take the couch. And he's, like, getting into bed, which is weirdly in the same very large room. Yeah, he did, he's got a one-room <laughs> cabin, I guess. It's a really big cabin, but it just has the one big room. <laughs> it's a strange setup. It's so weird. And, um, <laughs> so she looks at him and she's like, you know, I've always, I've always said I've never sleep with anyone older than my dad. Cut to Mads Mickelson's tight-ass fucking Cindy. <laughs> really? Like, he, I mean, the man works out. And you know what? It's it's very clear that he does not need Viagra. He's he's an aggressive and passionate lover. And it's also very clear Cindy is really enjoying herself. Yeah, it's like, it's like, are, like, are you not worried about your friends accidentally shooting you? Because they're yeah. kind of crazy. I they're, don't... they're all surrounding the house at this point, and Hilda, or Facundo, says, like, it's go time. And so then... So she can hear him, too. That's the thing. Like, yeah, she's got she the earpiece in while she's Mads having wild, noticed. wild sex with Mads. Like, and they can also hear all of the sex. Yeah. Which... <laughs> which come. I don't know. There's there's com- there's major like, comedy potential like, there. Like I don't understand why they wouldn't just wait until he's asleep and shoot him. Like I don't. That would have made so much more sense. Like it'd be, it'd be like you know, it's like every you know supervillain just like mm, I need to explain to you. Well, that's so different. I you got and I. you got me monologuing, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they're doing ridiculous. Tra- like he's a super dangerous man. Let's try and engage him when he's awake and like yeah. virile. So <laughs> then, uh, when in, in what is maybe the best action sequence in the whole movie. They tell Cindy it's go time, and she tells Mads it's it, blow time, yeah. Mister. Ugh. So she goes down on him, and he is very, you know, casually sitting up in his bed, and he like leans back and puts Cindy on top of like on Pick, top of picks him. her up, and yeah. so the sniper's so shot. She, yeah, Cindy takes the bullet meant for Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. and then he rolls off the side of the bed, and she's talking with him. She's like southwest corner of the room or whatever, and they're all shooting up the place. Which shows like this level of situational awareness that she has not displayed yeah. in every I was in like, any wait, other she's instance. She's actually competent. Yeah, she does like, more than just like show her boobs to people. Yeah, it was weird. Like was, she did kill someone in a fit of rage before, yeah. but it was just like it's still just like madness. And now she's like southwest corner uh All three of meters sudden, above above sea level I was like, it was just like, <laughs> ridiculous she knows exactly where he would show up on her phone's gps <laughs> yeah. it's wild but he um he 
like rolls over he's naked this whole time grabs his handgun and he manages to fight off all of the assassins well he fires he fires wildly scares off two of the other assassins uh, then, then he grabs an axe that I don't remember where where he got it from. He th- chucks it under the bed, kills Cindy, which is fun. And then he escapes. He vomitoses out, naked, totally nude. Fi- finds his way to where the sniper was, which is, I mean, that's that's some situational awareness. He runs, he runs out nude. Figures out where the yes. dude is, kills him, takes his coat because I mean, otherwise his dick's about to yeah, fall off. Takes his coat, climbs up a tree. And then, well, he uses well, he, the sniper rifle uh, yeah. because he had shot out all the lamps. Or the Hilda woman is in his house now. They've traded places. And basically. the other giant dude, who is yeah. like we haven't mentioned before, because he's basically just a big guy who we yeah. don't really care about. And they're walking around his house, and he's taking some shots at him. I think he does get the big guy. Well, so the big guy, so he takes a shot. I think he hits. I don't remember who he hits. He hits yeah. someone. He's really he doing serious him. damage on the on the assassin crew. So he shoots. He kill. I think he kills someone. Then he mm-hmm. hides up in a tree and like yeah. keeps like taunting them over the voice channel that he stole from. One Fikundo. of the other assassins goes out to the where, big guy. Does the big guy goes out to where the sniper rifle is located, and it's like covered in you know one of those military camouflage blankets. Gilly, a ghillie suit, a ghillie suit, and then. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen jumps down out of a tree from behind the sniper rifle and just kills this big fucking dude. Yeah, that's pretty great. And then, so Hilda is still in the house and she knows that because he shot out all the lights or something, he can only use thermal vision on the scope. So she throws a bunch of flares everywhere. And uh, to throw off the infrared or whatever he's using, heat vision. But he waits for the, he's on the, he's having dialogue with her long enough that one of the flares goes out he sees her breath exhalation through the the scope and shoots her through a wall, and it's very satisfying. <laughs> now we're not mostly because the... I hate the character. I was yeah, like, yeah. she should die. And, and this is we're not doing this scene justice because it this is one of the most visually entertaining it's part, parts of it's the a whole fun movie. Moment. Like the way it's shot and paced are really well done. And I was like, why can't yeah. this be the whole movie? Yeah. God damn it, Polar. Um, but then. Uh, Daglo Philip Seymour Hoffman gets the news God, that Hilda uh, has been assassinated, and he's really upset. And um, yeah, it's it's just you but know. but so so uh, and during this whole confrontation, they've he's found out that they have snatched up uh, Darling. Yeah, because he goes, Hudgens. he finds on one of the assassins the hotel key to where they were staying, and who should be there but Junkie Jane, passed out in a heroin haze. Yeah, and she says, "Did you get the girl?" He's like, what girl? <laughs> and yeah. um, that's when he realizes they have taken Vanessa Hudgens um, as sort of like bait to get Mads Mikkelsen. And, well, they uh, were just going to torture. I guess. So I guess in my mind, they were just going to torture her like for fun because he liked her. Yeah. And then it turned out that they that he killed everyone. Again, so that's like a weird plot hole. That's like a weird. So they were just like, another they just major, like torturing people plot. randomly. Yeah. Now, we did skip over part, because I honestly thought it came after this, but there's a moment where Vanessa Hudgens is vulnerable with Mads Mikkelsen and talks about how she tries to sort of explain why she's so jumpy. And in my notes, I wrote Santa Crimes in all capitals. Santa Crimes. Santa Crimes, because she says, she talks about how she worked as an elf, uh, a mall elf assisting a santa and there was there was one day when the santa was more drunk than usual and after everyone went home he threw her on the floor and they don't come out and say it but the the insinuation is that he raped her and that's why she's like such a messed up person 
Also, you learn later, none of this is true. So I don't feel bad making fun of her for making up these Santa crimes. Because it turns out she's totally bullshitting all of this. Oh, man. Um, and that's why she's, like, you know, damaged and troubled. And uh, I actually, is it, cra- it's bad. I feel like it's bad. Or it perhaps a sign of how bad the <clears throat> film is. That I don't remember that moment at it's all. It's in the movie. And I feel bad making light of, like, sexual violence, which is real and horrifying. But since she's making it up whole cloth <laughs> it's it's so stupid but she's in uh Daglo Philip Seymour Hoffman's palace messed up on heroin palace pain yeah and then another top 5 moment in the film uh Mads Mikkelsen goes to a bar in some shitty midwestern oh, so town much fun. and who is the proprietor but a man named Porter played by Richard Dreyfus. I love Dreyfus. And I just want them period. to have a buddy assassin film where it's like a prequel to <laughs> Polar. And Dreyfus is like the entire time going, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> they So Dreyfus, Mads walks in, Dreyfus is doing shitty karaoke at a bar I think he God. owns. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the vibe I got. And he's trying to explain to like Mads, like they're trying to kill you so they don't have to pay your pension. Right. And Mads is like, oh, this sucks. And then... Uh, so then they shake hands and... Well, I, I want to say, like, it was, like, I felt like when he, he, Dreyfus put his hand out and Mads looked at it for a minute, like, like he took a pause and I was like, don't, don't do it. Don't, like, and that was like, I was like, man, I like, I realized then I was like, I'm sort of sucked into this character. Like, I was like, I was like, oh, oh, I'm excited about this because I was like, like, this movie's good bad. Yeah. It's, it's it has, bad good. It has some really good bad moments. Yeah. So, so he, like, looks at it, he puts his hand out, and then Dreyfus slaps his other hand, slaps like, his other yeah, hand slaps over. Yeah, some sort of it's topical like poison. contact poison yeah. thing that knocks him out. But um, there's a hilarious moment in their conversation when Porter says, or Dreyfus says to Mads, he's like, did you ever fuck Vivian? <laughs> and Mads shakes his head, and, and uh, the Dreyfus is like, "I did." And then he makes this face like he's vomiting, which I have to think was not in the script, and that's just Dreyfus being amazing because it's it's so so funny and so tone perfect for the character. He's like this. He's like that cold-hearted bitch. Yeah, like, he's like, and then he's like, "Ugh." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, he he drugs Mads, and then. One of the worst parts in the movie is that Mads is now also in the torture mansion. Well, of... he calls Vivian and says, I got him. And they yeah. come pick him up. Yeah. And then they bring him to the torture hole. They take Mads <laughs> into a torture cell and they literally, it's like four days, right? Well, so this might, so this was, I really enjoyed this. Like, it was very, like, very clear. Um, the, the big bad was like, it's like, I'm going to... He, he starts stabbing him. This he, is Deglo PSH, by Deglo the way. Deglo PSH. He doesn't actually... He doesn't do any lasting damage to any bit of him. It's really well, dumb. He, he does says take he's an gonna, eyeball at some point. He does take an eyeball, but that <laughs> that appears to affect Mads only... Actually, it only improves his, right, Mads' his aim. depth procession is even better. Yeah, somehow, it's really strange. He only becomes better. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, Deglo PSH is like just stabbing him randomly for four days and like... Like, not, like, okay, like, in my head, if you have the world's best assassin, who's lived to 50, survived hundreds of assassinations. You should not keep him alive any longer than is absolutely necessary. You can keep him alive, but I was like, maybe 
take away his trigger fingers. I don't know, like, or ruin his knees. Yeah, that is wild that they supposedly torture him for days and he loses no appendages except one eyeball. Yeah, and he's and he's like just like cut all over and just like a little bit hurt and mostly yeah, just, mostly he, angry. All he, you did was make the Mads Bear angry. He gets <laughs> he gets patched up later by some character he apparently knows from his assassin work. I feel like they're ready for another like a sequel. They were or trying a to set up for a sequel or something, but this woman like now works as a cop or something. Thing, and so he finds her when he, anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves but so he so he's been he's been hurt for four days yeah. and the guy is showing him pictures uh of, daniel phf showing him pictures of brawless uh hudgens hudgens uh, heroin, heroin hudgens heroin brawless heroin hudgens <laughs> that's perfect that's perfect and and so it's he's, he's like he's like angry about this and then he starts like poking him and like he breaks a scalpel off inside of him and that's that provides Mads that's, salvation because they let him all Mads needs because he's a tough sob he pulls the broken blade out of his chest and uses that to pick the locks on his cuffs and then when the guards come in the next morning he proceeds to kill all of them and yeah. chase down Daylo well, then... psh. Uh, yeah, then they do like an old boy scene, and he kills like a hundred people in a corridor, and it's yeah. it's fun. But it's not done as nearly as well as it is done, done in the original old boy. Yeah, uh, we should mention. But I would. So one of the but I, something that's really stuck with me, and I'm sorry to say this. Well, maybe not. I like Mads. He's got a great. Body. Also, he's naked this entire time. It's Did so we much mention fun. that? More Mads tight ass, but. <laughs> well, but even Stuff. more, so so there's he's stabbing him all over, and he says the uh, Dayglo PSH says, "I'm going to I'm going to take your nipples off." And he, <laughs> that's and right. He, and he and they show like a little bit of him cutting nipples, and it's like, oh, that's that's kind of gross. It's probably and like then, a close up of some pepperoni getting but cut in half. When Mads <laughs> is healing up at his friend's place later, like you know, he has two he, very clear areolas. I I formed, perfect, I have to say, beautiful. I was tracking them nips. I was tracking them nips. They were present. They were proud. They were there. Both were present and accounted for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he had a triple nipple, and that's what he removed. <laughs> Well, that's for the greater good. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just clean this up here. Mm, yes, but uh, so uh, 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 Mads Mickelson is running through the mansion. He catches up with Dago PSH, who's like, who's, who's, who is his feet are? What is it? Is it mincing? He's doing like a little the tiny weirdest, run. The it weirdest is, gay man, fat man run. Like, like ever. you're. Just, it's like just giving us throwing reasons for us to like hate this character run like a man like it's just like you're yeah. just, just supposed to hate him they he's... also gave him the actor does not have this in real life but in the film the character he plays has a very large birthmark on the side of his face yeah but his father also had his father also a, had a it's huge like, portrait also his name is blut which is the german <laughs> word for blood and that's just on the nose guys come on <laughs> we can be better but uh, Mads oh, catches up man. to him, and you don't actually see Dago PSH die, but you do see his severed head fly out the window and land on the concrete outside. Well, yeah. So he Dago grabs like a like a Roman sword to defend himself because he's a the sword a, of Damocles. Yeah, because he's a connoisseur of blades, and uh, and Mads, it's very clear he's never actually used yeah, any weapon well, in any I mean, fight. I ever. mean, based on the amount of lotion applied to his hands, <laughs> of a, course he has zero calluses. Yeah, oh, so soft, but. Mads, Mads grabs this like huge butcher's axe, and it's that was a really hot moment. I was like, mm, "Get him, boys!" It's yeah, and so then I guess uh, Heroin Hudgens isn't in that mansion, is she? I don't know. She is. She is. She and he gets her and takes her out. No, because that's when he offers a trade. Well, okay. So before right. before the kill, right? 
That's later. So he, he kills all the people in the corridor, and then he runs out, and he escapes, yes. and he meets up with the girl who heals he him. He meets up with the doctor lady, apparently. And she has, she has high-tech equipment to just give to him. She has a warehouse full of weapons that she gives to She's Mads like, you'll need all of it. Free of charge. Yeah, she gives it all to him. And then Mads gets in touch with Vivian. Yes. And Vivian is tracking his phone call, and Mads says, A trade. Me for the girl, and he says he said, and he's like calling from where he set up and prepped because he's a smart. He knows they're friend. tracking him. Yeah, so he calls and is like, "I'll trade me for the girl. I'll meet you tomorrow at this place." And then he's calling and like stays on the phone. They're on the phone and they roll up in with a Humvee, yeah. several Humvees. And he's full like, of he's like, "Darn, you caught me." Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say that. And but then, yes. <laughs> then he Vivian's walking towards him and she gives him a chance to like go quietly, and he's like, "No, I'm fucking Mads Mikkelsen, the Black Kaiser." And she's walking away, and he raises up the gloves. He's got gloves that, that he had that were like VR gloves that controlled yeah. these two gun turrets. And he set those up, and he murders everyone, he, which is fun. He activates the gloves. He kills everyone in the warehouse. And they, they did not react at all. They were like, oh, he's picking his hands up. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, he's not threatening at all. This is everything. Yeah. is fine. Like, they had guns pointed at him, and then no one shot him. And I was just sort of mad about that. <laughs> and then he tracks down Heroin Hudgens. He's trying to he carry kills, her out. Well, he kills Vivian, and then he goes to then he goes to the palace to find... And then he's going to kill the big bad at that oh, point. Oh, I'm and so out of order. Sorry, folks, but things are getting hazy here <laughs> in Bad Watch Studios trying to recall the ending of this movie. I'm, I'm here to carry you through. Yeah. He, Sometimes there's yeah. only one set of footprints, and that is when Andy <laughs> that's carried when, you. That's when Andy was carrying me. Because there is a moment after he kills Vivian where... Dago PSH is watching on like a closed circuit camera and Mads like looks into the camera and and then Dago PSH is like gods and he calls and they're like they're like no fuck that yeah <laughs> which is which I think I was like why didn't you do that like 17 guards ago when you when like so if, if someone was going after this dude and you noticed that there were 15 dead people in this corridor I'd be like mm, nope I don't know about that one. Yeah. I don't know that minimum wage is going to cover this. <laughs> um, but uh, then Mads rescues Heroin Hudgens, takes her back to Triple Oak, Montana. He's nursing her through withdrawal. And then, and then there's still continued flashbacks over the course continued of this movie. Continued flashbacks. The same scene, him shooting up like a Like town a black car. town car, yeah. yeah. And... Um, so then... And this is my... He... This is, I really like the way they did... Like, I liked that. It was... It was a little over I the top. I will say it was, like, it was I, a little over the top, and any other actor would have done a better job with the monologue that <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens delivers than Vanessa Hudgens. She she should be used in acting classes as how not to do anything in films. <laughs> She's so bad. But he like goes to the bathroom or something to take a break from nursing her, comes back, and on her bed is like a folder full of news clippings yes. about how her family was killed in this like assassination because she's like the daughter of some diplomat and there's also these receipts for like a trust that was set up for her the two hundred thousand dollars that we've been annual two hundred thousand dollars so she and then we finally see the conclusion of mads's flashback where there's a young girl in the back of this town car and he is unable to bring himself to kill her, yeah. despite having already shot up both of her parents and her younger brother. And the pregnant mother. 
Yes, the mother was pregnant. Yes, it's it's not great. It's not a great look for men. It was not a fun time for anyone, I think, that day. (laughs) Yeah, and so she delivers the worst monologue in the history of monologuing. And it's not good. He like he like gives her the chance to shoot him. Like she talks, and all I remember about the whole thing is that she has a tear running down her face. I was like, that was pretty decent. I don't remember any of them any of the words because it wasn't none of that was like impactful. It the tear and the emotion stuff was good, but everything else she said was terrible. Yeah. So maybe it's the writing. Her delivery. Also her. her, It was the writing and her because there is the parts of the writing are really bad that I wrote down where. She said, I remember my little brother. His hair smelled of little boy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what did you, what? Is that like a good smell? I'm trying to think of little boys and it smells and like, Don't it's not a, like a positive correlation I'm having there. And her, and my dad smelled like money and cigarettes or something. Like, it, like she's very obsessed with smells in this monologue, which is weird. But uh, she has the opportunity to shoot Mads to punish him for all the wrong he's done. He's like, you're right. I'm a terrible person. She doesn't shoot him. And they're friends. Yeah. And I don't know. And, that's, and then, then we're done. I'm spent. Yeah. I think they, they do, I think, sort of tease it that they could have a sequel where they go track down evil Santa. But I it, Like whoever ordered the hit, maybe? Or like, oh, yeah. Who, whoever ordered the hit. Yeah. Because we, we she do was like, learn. do you know who sent? And he was like, no, I don't or, yeah, it was just... And uh, they, they set it up where he could find out, and you're like, oh, so I the really Santa hope Crimes... I they don't do another one. The Santa Crimes thing was totally made up. That's cool. We'll just make... <laughs> it's like a Jesse Smollett moment. He's like, let's make light of a real problem by <laughs> fictionalizing it for purposes of narrative. I was wondering if you're going to reference that Oh, <laughs> fucking A, Jesse Smollett. God damn it, you monster. But anyway, <clears throat> we, we do you want to know if we have a sponsor this week? No, I don't. Well, you may <laughs> be happy to know that we don't have a guest here with us in Badwatch Studios. It's probably but we safer do for everyone. Have a sponsor. And that sponsor is Vegabox. <laughs> now, Vegabox, um, Andy, how often have you had a box of food delivered to your door with like cooler packs in it? Now, we can ignore for the moment the red, the bloody fork. We found out, you know, that was probably dog meat. Right. But, you know, like, there's the real one of Blue Apron. Well, you got me Blue Apron. There's also Hello Fresh, which, I don't know, sounds like a hygiene product, but it's actually food in a box that comes That does sound weird. I hadn't heard of that, and (laughs) I'd prefer if I had not heard of that. It's called Hello Fresh. Mm, Nope, nope, nope. So, Vegabox decided, you know, what if we could deliver food to people's houses in boxes that didn't have to go to recycling plants and didn't cause any waste. What if we made the boxes out of vegetables? Oh, go. No. <laughs> Get out. That's not, that's not her now, fake sponsor. Get out. You're fired. So Vegabox <laughs> delivers a, it's like a covered in carrots and celery. And inside <laughs> it's, so it's all vegetarian fare. It's vegan. It's environmentally friendly. And when. And you better and eat you know, it. And you know what? You can eat the box. <laughs> Now, granted, there's some probably damage in shipment, but um, you know what? If you're a freegan, like probably a lot of Vegabox customers are, I bet you don't care. 
So that's Vegabox. And if you go oh, to... I'm like pacing right now. If I you hate go this. to V-E-G-E-B-O-X dot com slash Badwatch, you can get 10% off your first three Vegaboxes. If that's an actual, if that's an actual website, I, I'm so angry if that Listeners, is. Listeners, fact check this for us, please. <laughs> but uh, Andy, do you know what time it is? Uh, I don't know. Go, 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 good oh. watch. Oh, that time. So do you, I I prompted you earlier because I know a lot of times you think of this while I'm saying my good watch. So would you like to go first? I would love to go first. Of Thank you, you for would. inquiring. So I have, I have thought long and hard about my good watch and my good watch is, it's, it's an okay watch. <laughs> Andy's, Andy thinks of a good watch ahead of time and then immediately breaks the segment. So I'm feeling great about this. <laughs> my... My good watch is Smoking Aces because that I think is what is the movie that uh, Polar wishes it was because they it's the stylized violence, the crazy characters, except it's like a lot more fun in Smoking Aces. I really enjoyed Smoking Aces. It's I mean it's not a great movie, but it's it's fun. Whereas this was this was had like some fun moments and then a lot of direct. In the middle. Yes. So, Smoke and Aces is my recommendation for a good watch. It sort of fits the genre of what we watched here today. Yeah. And uh, my recommendation also sort of fits the genre in that it's a story about a traumatized man who sort of is has been raised in this life of violence. And that's like really all he knows and is really good at. But it's, uh, it's honestly one of the best movies I have seen uh, in the past year, maybe. It's called... You were never really here, starring Joaquin Phoenix, and and Joaquin Phoenix's brow, in Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> gorgeous, handsome face, um, mostly his forehead. Let's they, be real. <laughs> yeah, he also he does have a luxurious beard in this film, which is pretty great. But he plays. It's sort of it starts out like this, uh, sort of like a Taken movie where he is a war veteran and a former FBI agent. And now his job, he like works for this like shady guy who he tracks down girls who have been kidnapped in nefarious circumstances. And so it feels very much like a Liam Neeson vehicle, but it autumn very quickly becomes really interesting and it has really compelling things to say about violence and how that affects people. And there were multiple occasions where uh, you're watching Joaquin Phoenix and you forget that he's a super famous actor because he's like so invested in what he's doing on screen. It's it's amazing. I can't I recommend I need to it watch highly it. enough. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Andy's doing his potty dance, so I think he has to go pee again. Um, so I'll close out the show. <laughs> Oh my god, now I can talk shit about Andy. He's been pacing back and forth for like five minutes. And we already took a pee break earlier. But anyway. So, uh, that's my good watch. You were never really here. Uh, he's Andy. I'm still Evan. This is Bad Watch. We love you. Good night.